Today on the Dean Dome Talk, we look at the aftermath of the UNC Georgia Tech game. We take a little quick quick peek into uh, UNC basketball. Uh, maybe some recruiting news in there. Um, we take a look at weeks uh, two and three of college football and uh, weeks one and two of the NFL. And of course, we round it up with some NBA talk because uh, Ben Simmons stuff is getting really spicy. But first, it's tip-off time on the Dean Dome Talk. to the Dean Dome Talk. I am Gaddy. Joining me today is Andrew. Hey, everyone. And uh, it's the aftermath of the UNC loss to Georgia Tech. Uh, That's really all I can say. It's basically season over, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, But first, we got a little bit of quickfire facts if you'd like to take us away. Yes. So, first off... um, Marcus Smart gets in a Twitter feud with President John Adams. He has got some serious <laughs> beef with uh, with POTUS number two. Yeah, yeah, back you know back from the olden days. Not really too sure why, but I mean it was a very lengthy criticism. You know, just go just making memes about him. It was talking about <laughs> from from the Twitter thread. I didn't follow this whole thread. There, there's a nifty video that outlines it all uh, which i will include in the description of this podcast but it's mostly involves marcus smart saying nobody remembers who was number two (laughs) (laughs) somebody replied to him john oh no i I forgot if somebody replied to him john adams or if he mentioned john adams from the start but it just grew into just some gigantic beef like the filet mignon beef of, um, of uh, just, and I guess, animosity towards uh, John oh Adams. So, not John Quincy Adams, John Adams. Yes, yeah. the Second OG president. John Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? It's the off season. Yeah. It's the off season for the NBA. Got nothing better to do. Yeah. And in other news, the Jets don't know how to play football. But yeah, I don't know if that's a surprise. Um, there was a very good video that Gaddy found on TikTok, where someone... it was reposted on Twitter. Reposted I, on I Twitter. don't really okay. use TikTok, but it was reposted. The original was on Twitter. Uh, was on uh, TikTok. It was reposted to Twitter, and um, <laughs> in, in in less than thirty seconds, this person outlined everything wrong with the Jets in just one play. <laughs> yeah. Quite literally. And um, I will post the link to that video also in the description. 
because it is definitely worth a watch. It is hilariously short to the point, and <laughs> there is no arguments about this. Literally pointing towards the um, offensive lineman guarding nobody. Yeah. Uh, receivers <laughs> being pocketed by defenders. And <laughs> Zach Wilson literally throwing a pick. Right? Yeah. yeah. yeah among, among, that's like, that's not even half the issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just putting <laughs> putting into perspective. Ah, <laughs> oh, very exciting. Uh, and then I think this next, next piece is even more exciting. So... There was a soccer club in Suriname. That geography, is... uh, geography pop quiz. Where's Suriname? <laughs> That's you know? for <laughs> that. It's in the Central America region, uh, or is it? Yes. So it's it's yeah. south. It's actually South America. Okay. Yeah. So if you if mm-hmm. if you know where uh, Venezuela is, and you know where Brazil is, there's that little corner north of Brazil and east of Venezuela that has just a row of three small countries next to each other. Mm-hmm. Suriname is right there. Mm-hmm. It's like D- Dutch Guinea. Or, uh, it's gone by another name before, mm-hmm. but it's it's right above Brazil, in, just for sure. So you have an yeah. idea where it is. Yeah. So in this country, you know they have soccer, like you know every country in the world. Soccer is everywhere. Literally everywhere. The vice president of the country, Ronnie Brunswick, he owns a soccer team. Yeah, a club soccer team. Yes, yeah. in that country. And they were playing in the CONCACAF League, which is like a um, an international competition including teams from the North and Central America region and also Suriname. And vice president Brunswick, he decided, you know what would be fun? <laughs> if I played for this team. <laughs> so he suited up. Put on a jersey. He was number sixty-one, and he was subbed on into the game at age sixty. Might I add? At age sixty, yes, yes, a sixty-year-old playing professional soccer in international competition. It's like the Champions League of South and Latin America. It's the Champions League of Latin America. More like Europa League, because like the, they do have a Champions oh, League. Oh, it's which the is, Europa League. Yeah, okay, it's kind of like yeah. the Europa League of um, you know, yeah, okay, that region. So it's the second division of uh, <laughs> European. Or if not, of um, of club, international uh, soccer in the yeah. region, yeah, in the Concacaf region. He completed fourteen of his seventeen um, passes. That's not bad. So that's decent. Yeah, yeah. Look it up though. Vice president of Suriname plays but, professional soccer. See, but that's not the whole story though. What else did I miss? It gets a little bit more interesting. So after the game, there was video evidence. Of the vice president going into the opposition locker room <laughs> and paying the opposition players. Oh gosh, that's <laughs> video not good. evidence of this, and this resulted in an investigation and a ban of <laughs> um, the vice president Brunswick from um, activities <laughs> involving the club for I think three years. Oh gosh. among other bans. So, uh, <laughs> literal bribes. Yikes. That, that's been the sports story of the week, really. Yeah. Can't top it, that. It, I don't it think took the internet by that. storm. Yeah. It sure did. Internet and Twitter by storm. But, yeah. uh, I guess I think that's it. I think right? that's the quick fire. That's all we got. Um, on to the sad stuff. 
Uh, before the sad stuff, <laughs> okay. we have a little more happiness. Yeah. Because uh, we're going to start with uh, college basketball, specifically okay. uh, UNC basketball, of nice, course. Nice. Um, a few things have happened. We're going to start off with uh, Andrew Pl- with news about Andrew Playtech. He has officially transferred to Siena College. That's up in New York. So uh, best of luck to him with that one year of eligibility left. Um, we have a date set for the late night. Um, it has a nice. more, it has a little extra sub name or surname to to it, but it's late night and its date has been set to Friday, October fifteenth. Coming up, coming yes. Up. And as of today, the twenty fifth of September, basketball is forty five days away. <laughs> forty five days. I cannot wait. Getting so close. Getting yes. so close. Yes. <laughs> It's been quite the off season, man. In another, in another great bit of news, uh, UNC basketball has gotten another commitment. Uh, Coach Davis is not letting up on this. Another recruit for the class of twenty twenty two, mm-hmm. um, and that individual would be Tyler Nickel from uh, from Virginia, Elkton, Virginia. Um, I know that Virginia Tech was going for him pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But Sean May put put the miles in, uh, put the steps in to get him him here. And Mm -hmm. apparently he's really, really, really wanted to be uh, going (laughs) to UNC. That's good. So when he got the offer, got got everything, he didn't hesitate and committed. Nice. That's Uh, awesome. That's awesome. He is 6'8", small forward, uh, 210, though. Of course, these numbers can change, of course, because he he is a growing individual. Uh And uh, good shooter, okay athleticism. Uh Uh, So, yeah, he has places to move up, four-star. So, um, looking forward, that class next year. It's going to be awesome. Yes. It's a lot of talent. Yeah. Now, it's not all the one and dones, the four, the five star one and dones coming in. It is building a the base of a program mm-hmm. with four stars mm-hmm. who will stay multiple years, some get some consistency in. Um, with the, also the focus on shooting and offense. Yes. Um, yes. So, I am looking forward to this. Another piece of the puzzle, right there. I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I just cannot wait mm-hmm. for a basketball to come back. We're not far away at all. Talk real basketball. Oh yeah. yeah. Also, because I had to bet the NBA, but of yeah. course, I'm all, I'm always waiting to get back into the Dean Dome. <laughs> um, the last little bit of news we've got uh, is that the ACC schedule for basketball has been released. Mm-hmm. Um. So, sort of looking at the schedule, the teams with the hardest schedule, or the team with the hardest schedule in this conference, has got to be Duke. Yeah. They actually have the hardest schedule on here yeah. for once, uh, considering their, their last stretch of games. Well, UNC's last stretch of games between the home Duke game on the 5th of February and the away Duke game on the uh, 5th of March mm-hmm. um, is fairly forgiving at Clemson, home to Florida State, home to Pitt, 
at Virginia Tech, home to Louisville, at State, and then uh, home to Syracuse, and then away to Duke. Um, I think, I remember texting you about this when the schedule came out, Mm -hmm. that the teams that we have to play that are only home Mm -hmm. are really generous for us, and the teams we have to play only away are also really generous for us, in the way that we play sort of our harder competition only at home, Mm -hmm. and play a lot of the easier competition only away. Yeah. Yeah, which that's huge. That is, that, yeah, and Duke is almost the exact opposite of that. Right, right. Uh, where they're playing a lot of their, if they're playing a team only once and it's a hard team, it's away. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, that's, <laughs> if Duke this year wants to be good, they're going to have to earn it. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, the last game for, Co- for Coach K at home for Duke is going mm-hmm. to be um, against UNC, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently four seats in Cameron Indoor sold for a million dollars. Good grief! Uh, Individually, they each sold. I know collectively, collectively. a million dollars. Wow! But well, I believe that money is all going to the um, V mm-hmm. Foundation. Okay, that's nice. yes. That money is yeah. going to the V Foundation, so it's going to a good, good cause. cause. Yeah. We, we, you know, always supporting the good causes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's kick cancer's butt. Yeah. Um, other notable games. In fact, there's actually one notable game on here that I wanted to reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is the game on the 11th of January, Tuesday the 11th of January at 7 p.m., where Syracuse visits Syracuse. What? <laughs> what? Yes. This is not a, this is a typo. On the uh, on the ACC schedule, where Syracuse is scheduled to visit Syracuse, <laughs> I am not kidding. It that, is right there. Oh yeah, it is right there. Well, ACC, someone someone typed something wrong. <laughs> Unless they played themselves, I, I'd love to see them. Syracuse visits Syracuse. Syracuse plays Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. loving it. So Absolutely loving it. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, that that's gonna be real interesting. I gotta say, highlight of the year. Exactly, highlight of the year, right there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that's that's it. Uh, we will be starting with uh, preview for the basketball season. We're gonna specify the mm. the the Power Five conferences and just go around sort of seeing who's gonna be real, who's not gonna be real for basketball. We'll start that next mm. week, um, hopefully. Um, but for now, I believe it is time to move on from this happiness to the sadness. The sadness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we kind of mentioned earlier, UNC lost to Georgia Tech tonight yeah. by a lot. And it wasn't even, I mean, it was just embarrassing. Well, I mean, I guess before getting into it, since we didn't have a thing last week, UNC beat UVA finally. Um, UVA has been destroying UNC in football and basketball for the past four years or so. But so, we let in 39. Yeah, let in 39 points. UVA's quarterback got 550 yards. <clears throat> I mean, thankfully, UNC won because we scored 59 points. But, yeah, the offense is great. Defense was not. Tonight, the offense was not great and the defense was not great either. It was awful. We lost, The final score is 45-22. But just the entire time, we could ne- never get into a rhythm. 
the offensive line just would not protect Sam Howell, would not protect the running backs, and would not open up, you know, holes for the running backs to run through. <clears throat> and then, again, I mean, I talked about this after the Virginia Tech game, bad play calling. When your offensive line is not playing well, you adapt the play calling. That's what you're supposed to do. You, you shouldn't. Then, when your offensive line is letting players in the backfield very fast, you then do not do handoffs from shotgun or pistol formation when you're multiple yards behind the line of scrimmage, right? Because you're giving the defense a chance to run up, get to you. Also, what you do not do is throw screen passes behind the line of scrimmage when your offensive line can't block, right? It's just it was very frustrating to see again our our play calling not adjust to what is happening in the game. Like if our offensive line plays well, then yeah, the plays are great. But no, the only time our plays were great was when Georgia Tech was not pressuring. Yes, yes. Georgia Tech literally saw what Virginia Tech did week one Mm -hmm. and did the same thing, and it worked. Yeah, yeah. The reason that Georgia State and Virginia didn't win, didn't really trouble us too much, was because they were not pressuring Sam Howell. They Mm -hmm. were not pushing that O-line. Yeah, yeah. And it's disappointing because the offensive line is very experienced, so they should be – like, I'm not expecting them to be the best in the ACC or anything, but, like – like pretty good we should be this is this is yeah. both the offensive line and this co- and the coaching yeah. some this is a consistent problem we're having year after year bad play calling mm-hmm. bad offensive line that is symptomatic of of a coaching deficiency somewhere yeah. and you know we wanted to say that uh well because like the Larry Fedora days, it felt like that, especially the last few years of Larry Fedora. But, but I feel the Larry Fedora problem was, late, at least later on, was mm. talent. Yes. Which is another reason why this is so disappointing, because we've recruited so well under Mac Brown. We should be doing better. Like it's it, it's one thing to lose in a close game, on the road, but when we just don't look like we're in it at all, it's awful and. Again, like, if the coach needs to re- – the coaches need to realize if it's Phil Longo being offensive coordinator, if it's Mac Brown saying, hey, Phil Longo, change what you're doing, someone's got to step in there and say, okay, these types of plays where they're developing behind the line of scrimmage and then also the ones where they're deep bombs, those aren't going to work because our offensive line's not playing well. So instead, let's do short passes, you know, Two to eight, two to ten yards. Just get some, you know. Start doing what the Patriots used to do with Tom Brady. You know, four or five, four to six yards. Just get completions. Start getting momentum because you don't need a great offensive line to do that. If you get four yards every play, you're going down the field. Right, you're going down. You're the going. Field. You might be just going slowly, but you're getting down the field. Right, right. We're not. Give Sam Howell three seconds. Yeah. Give him three seconds to put the ball into the hands of a receiver. Yeah. Yeah. We're not even giving him that. Yeah. He is getting swarmed again and again and again and yeah. again. And then when he's not he, he's not able to find the receiver, the receiver's yeah. getting covered, so he has to take the ball and try to run it up himself. Of which this resulted in three fumbles. Three fumbles, and he had some good runs. Like he, he's a good runner, but he's running too much. He's not a, he is not a Lamar Jackson. Despite the first is, touchdown we had today, right, which that, was amazing. 
Right. Amazing, amazing. The trucking on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, despite that, he is not a running quarterback. He is a quarterback that can run, but he is not Lamar Jackson. He's not Cam Newton. Yeah. He is a quarterback who is a passing quarterback who can run when needed. But right now, he's being asked to run because the receivers are not open. Mm-hmm. Or he has not been given, been given the time to find that pass, mm-hmm. which is a huge problem. And yeah. it's the reason why our season has basically ended today. There yeah. is no playoffs for us. We're going to get a bowl, probably. Yeah. Uh, but we're not going to... Th- there is no playoffs anymore. And to In Clemson, title Clemson also, losing yeah. today... Clemson losing today to State was a gigantic opening for us if we had capitalized on it and taken the game by the horns today and won. Yeah. But losing has just... Ended the season for the ACC as a whole. Oh yeah, definitely. The UNC, done. yeah, UNC and Clemson losing today. Plus, I mean, Miami won this week, but Miami lost again last week. So, of the the three top teams going into the year, Clemson, UNC, and Miami, they've they all have two losses now. And I don't, you know, you don't get into the playoffs with two losses. Maybe if you're from the SEC, <laughs> not from Alabama. the ACC. Right, right, yeah. If you're from the SEC, you know, you can argue it, but not when you're from the ACC. So, yeah, seasons are in division also. You know, there was still a chance that despite, you know, this, when we lost to Virginia Tech, it put a big knock on our playoff hopes in the first place, although they were somewhat alive. But there was still a decent chance that we could win the division. Now that's gone. Two conference losses in our first two matches. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, so very, very disappointing. I mean, and we've been talking about the O line and the offense. Our defense was a problem. Oh yeah, we were letting their quarterback just run yeah. wild. Yeah, if he didn't find what he wanted, he would just literally run straight through the middle of our defense yeah. and get 10, 12 yards. He got a fifty yard touchdown, mm. and when it wasn't him, it was the running back. Yeah. <sighs> no defense needed to shape up, and it. You we know, needed a quarter, of, yeah. we needed a quarterback spy. Yeah, and we we this this is really showing how much we miss Chassera. Yes, we miss him so much, mm-hmm. and it's showing. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. It, he was a huge part of our team that didn't get talked about enough. He was I mean, he was literally the quarterback of the defense. Right. Yeah. He organized everything. Losing yeah. him was huge. Yeah. Yeah, because it seemed like a lot of the stuff that was wrong, you know, I mean, later in the game, it, it felt like they were, they just had, uh, Georgia Tech had more effort, but but for a lot of the game, it was, felt like just mismatches or missed assignments or, you know, just not being in the right place at the right time, so, yeah, we got some work to do, but yeah. that, that's, that's as much as I want to ramble Next about Next week versus you. Duke. Yeah, and we game for once. Yeah, Duke is three and one, so they're not bad. So we need to come ready to play. We can't just think like we can walk in there and walk out with a victory like we've acted in the past. So yeah, but should we move to other college football news? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna that's enough. Yeah, enough of this, it's it's a very frustrating evening. And yeah, just watching the game was extremely frustrating. Yeah. I'm going to do some highlights of the big games from the last two weeks. In in week three, which was last week, um, number one, Alabama played at number 11, Florida. Very hyped game. 
And Florida, Florida tested Alabama. The final score is 31-29. Alabama won. But it's almost like, you know, when you're able to keep it close with Alabama, that almost <laughs> makes you jump up in the, you know, rankings and like in people's minds. Florida's a legit team. They you know, it's basically just them and Georgia in that division battling for that division title. So, you know, pay attention to them. They Florida's looked very good this year. They've impressed me despite all the losses they've had offensively to the draft. You know, players have stepped up. So it'll be exciting to see what they do. And then also in that week, number three, Oklahoma played Nebraska. Used to be one of the best rivalries in college football. Um, it was the, I believe it was the 50th anniversary of what some had called the game of the century um back yeah 50 years ago there was a really great game between the two of them i think both teams were, were top five and it had big implications for national title race um it was 1971 was the match actually now i'm looking it up it was number one nebraska number two oklahoma so it was the 50 year anniversary of that and it lived up to the expectation, you know, it lived up to the hype, despite Nebraska being unranked. Man, that, that number one and number two going off. Oh, in 1971, yeah. Uh, they- that, that, that just, I, I'm, I know I'm switching sports here, but this that just reminds me of the game, uh, UNC Duke game at home mm-hmm. uh, in 2019. Oh, three, yeah. Three, three versus five. Four, yeah. That was, that, that was, was a huge the game. best game I've ever gone to. That's oh uh, senior night for Luke May, Kenny Williams, and Cam Johnson. That was so awesome. Just the hype of that game. That was so awesome. That yeah. Was so awesome. I, you can already tell how much I want to get back to basketball. <laughs> I have to restrain myself sometimes when I really don't want to. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. No, I'm excited for basketball. But Anyways, Oklahoma won 23-16. Nebraska put up a good fight. Um, and then also last, you know, to round out that week, Number 10, Penn State beat number 22, Auburn, 28-20 in one of Penn State's famous whiteout nights. Penn State football on a whiteout. Oh, my gosh. It's so amazing. It's the, yeah, you, I, the, the images of it are just... Oh, my gosh. Oof. Maybe... It, I might say that that's the best environment in college football when all 106,000 people are all dressed in white, all with the white pom-poms that they're waving... In a you know night game, it is intimidating to say the least. Auburn held their own; they made, they kept it close, but Penn State was able to come out with the win. Huge, huge win for Penn State, and it puts Penn State in a position where they're thinking, you know what, we might be able to make the playoffs. James Franklin, he's done great, but he has not made the playoffs with Penn State, so this might be the year, especially with Ohio State kind of looking a little weak. And with Ohio State's loss to Oregon, so watch out for that. Oregon's up to number three, right? Yeah, they are. Ooh. Yeah, Oregon's looking good. Um, so then this week, in addition to what I said about, you know, or what we said about UNC, there were some other games. NC State knocked off number nine Clemson in double overtime. <laughs> I was Huge driving upset. when that happened, so <laughs> I didn't get to see the end of that. Huge upset. I, NC State almost won, uh, won on a field goal at the end. They had a, I think it was a 39-yard field goal. That's sort of reminiscent of a few years ago when State mm-hmm. had the chance to beat Clemson. I think this, this was at Clemson. 
yeah. but they whiffed the last minute, last second field goal to I mean, it just went to overtime and Clemson won. Yeah, by the skin of their teeth. But uh, yeah. this is the turntables have turned. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they they missed the field goal, but they won in overtime. So a huge win for them. Their fans are exciting. They're the commentator, RG three actually. He he said that the state fans are quote going to be eating howling cow ice cream tonight, and he also told everyone to watch out for Hillsborough Street. Um, he knows he knows his NC State if he knows the, their brand of ice cream because they make their own ice cream howling cow. It's actually pretty good. Um, also, number sixteen Arkansas beat number seven Texas A and M. If I remember right, you told me Arkansas would be bad. What's going on here? So, Arkansas... <laughs> yeah, I, I will admit, I've gotten this one epically wrong. Although, I think a lot of people have as well. Because Arkansas has not won four, four games in a season since 2017. So, they've been awful recently. And now they're 4-0. Yeah, I, I was wrong. I'll admit it. This turnaround, Sam Pittman is doing, doing something special at Arkansas. A heck of a start for the team. Let's see if they can keep it up. They've got a really tough schedule coming up. Um, I think they have to play Georgia next week. That's yeah at Georgia, then at Ole Miss, and then versus Auburn. So that's a that's a tough schedule coming up. But two huge wins already with Texas and Texas A and M. Um, and then let's see what else. Number twenty four UCLA won at Stanford. UCLA is doing well. I told you watch out for them. And they're doing well. Maryland is 4-0 after beating Kent State. I mean, Kent State's not the greatest. But still, Maryland 4-0 start. They're su- surprising some people. The younger Tagovailoa brother is doing pretty well. Number 20, Michigan State beat Nebraska in overtime to go to 4-0. So their rebuild is going a lot better than expected. You know, after Mark Antonio retired a couple years ago, people were saying, "Okay, well, this is going to be this is going to be a while before they get back on their feet and get back to being a consistent top twenty-five team, especially with how hard the division is with Ohio State, and Michigan, and Penn State also in the division." But hey, four and a start, looking good. And then last game for the week, number twelve Notre Dame beat number eighteen Wisconsin, forty-one to thirteen. Now the the score seems a lot worse than it actually was. It was very tight in the fourth quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, there were two pick sixes. Plus, I want to say also a kickoff return for a touchdown on the fourth quarter that helped Notre Dame balloon their lead. Um, huge win, not just because it's against a top 20 team, but also because head coach Brian Kelly has now passed Newt Rockney for most wins in Notre Dame history at 106. That's a lot of wins. That is, yes. That's a lot of W's. Yes. I mean, 10 a year for 10 years. Like, that's that's consistency right there. Um, only thing he does not have is a national championship. Every Notre Dame football coach who has had at least 50 wins has won a championship, except for Brian Kelly. So He's got some uh, catching up to do then. He does. He does. Yeah. Those five other coaches have won national championships. But heck of a career for Brian Kelly. So and still counting. Still counting. Still counting. And then lastly for college football news, Clay Helton, the head coach at USC. He's been the head coach since 2015. 
fired midseason after two games. Two games. That's a short leash. I mean, you know, it was a 14-point loss against Stanford. Stanford was unranked. You really, have, USC. you really must have gotten somebody mad if you got yeah. fired after two games. Uh-huh. And the thing is, is that, I mean, in his first six years at USC, and this is his, this was his seventh year this year, but the first six years, he won the division three times, won the Pac-12 title once, had two double-digit win seasons, um, two New Year's Six Bowls. He won the Rose Bowl in 2016. So, like, he's had success. And even though that was a disappointing loss, I mean, after the loss, they were still ranked in the top 25, you know? Or, no, actually, no, they weren't. They dropped out of the top 25. But they were still, I mean, a team that people thought, okay, well, they can still win their division. So, be interesting to see what they do the rest of the season because they have the talent to win the division. But, I mean, it's a huge shakeup when you lose your coach. Yeah. So, I don't know. People have talked about how he has not gotten the most out of his talent that he's recruited. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. Definitely. Keep an eye on that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess it's time to move on to the NFL. 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 There's been two weeks of NFL. Week one got off to a great start. Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Dallas Cowboys in a very good game, 31-29. to Tom Brady, as always, is dominant because, like, he's Tom, he's Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Jameis Winston had five touchdown passes as he beat the Packers 38-3. to That's Jameis. Like, I don't know. Like, Jameis Winston, like, he, does, he goes from doing that to then week two – Looking awful against the Panthers. Yeah, there there was a um, a sports analyst. I forgot if it was on Fox or CBS mm-hmm. or something that predicted that uh, James Winston also get five touchdowns against the Panthers. <laughs> nope. Uh, no, that didn't happen. He got intercepted. Yes. Like twice. Three I think times, so. I think so. Like yeah. That. Yeah, working towards that uh, thirty and thirty. Thirty season. for thirty. He wants yeah. it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, also in that week, Raiders beat the Ravens thirty three twenty seven in overtime on Monday night. It was a really good game. R- watch out for the Raiders. Derek Carr. Derek Carr gets a lot of hate. I don't really understand it. I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's you know had not much talent around him, but he's a good quarterback. So watch out for them. Also that week, the Chiefs and the Browns, that was another big game. Very sad my Browns did not win, but it was close, 33-29. close. The Chiefs played very well. I thought the, my Browns looked good. Baker Mayfield was 75% completion percentage. Um, but, you know, Mahomes had lots of huge plays. Tyreek Hill had 197 yards, including a 75-yard touchdown. So... Ooh. Hard. It's just hard to compete with the Chiefs. It was in. It was at Arrowhead too. So I'm just glad the Browns kept it close. <laughs> if I'm being honest. I guess moving on to week two. Week two. The Raiders won at the Steelers, 26-17. So now, I mean, the Raiders two and zero against two good teams. They are looking good. Titans won at the Seahawks, 33-30 in overtime. It was a great game. That's a. That's that's a big game. Right yeah, there. two teams who are going to be playoff teams. Derrick Henry had a huge game too. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, dropped 47 in fantasy. That's I had the fortunate pleasure of <laughs> having him on my team. Just destroy. <laughs> destroy my opponent. 47 points. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he's good. That's one the way Titans to put it. Are, the Titans are good. Yeah. Yeah. There's fun. no putting it down. They're a fun team to watch. Yes. Yeah. And then lastly for that week, Ravens beat the Chiefs 36-35. A matchup of two teams who could be meeting late in the playoffs this year. I mean, not so. quite lastly, because the Panthers did. Oh, beat the oh yeah, Saints. yes. The pa- Panthers beat the Saints, yeah. and then the Panthers. Um, the the Panthers made it three and zero. They are three and zero. Thursday night football between the the, the big teams, the Panthers <laughs> and the Texans. You know. <laughs> Everybody's favorite teams this season. Oh yeah, Super Bowl um, contenders with the with the with a rookie quarterback for the Texans and Sam Darnold on his redemption tour. Uh, on the Panthers, he's not throwing interceptions now. I've... Sam Darnold looks like a new person. I think it's the computerized Panther that the Panthers have, like running out into the field at the start of the game. That's that's my. Well, this was a way. Yeah, but like he still had it in the back of his mind. Maybe, you know? maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe, or maybe it's just he got the Jets out of his head. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, it. yeah. that's probably it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think being in at the New York Jets is the place to be if you want to succeed right now. Definitely not. They've got some issues to work through. But um, Sam Darnold just... He looks good right now. He looks very good. He looks like a changed person. Yeah. And... um, Legit player. Panthers get that 3-0 win at the cost of some key key injuries to rookie cornerback uh, J.C. Horn and running back Christian McCaffrey. Oh, McCaffrey. Oh, gosh. That is massive. Losing McCaffrey is such a blow Mm -hmm. to this team. Yeah. We basically played without him last season. Yeah. And all the good that did us. Yeah. And then this season, losing him after three games. Basically, two and a half games, really. Yeah. It's not good. No, it's, it's really not. They need him to come back soon. Although, I mean, Chubba Hubbard, their backup, like he's a good running back. But, he is. He is good. But still, not no he one. He is Christian not Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yeah, not Christian yeah. McCaffrey. But that's the NFL news that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the rest yeah. of week three is tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. that's it's gonna be fun. Gonna be fun. Gonna be exciting. Yeah. And uh, one last thing before we go on to the NBA talk. Uh, the Ryder Cup has been going on this weekend. For those of you who do not know, it is a golf tournament played every two years, although COVID pushed this back a year. And it is between the United States and Europe. And it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's how it goes. Friday and Saturday, they have different um, what they call foursomes and then four, um, I think it's four ball. I think those are the two different names. Basically, two different types of like team-based competitions where it's like U.S. has two players, Europe has two players, and they're going against each other. And at the end of, of the second day, the U.S. is up 11 to 5. You get one point for winning a match, half a point for tying. Um, and U.S. is up 11 to 5. Tomorrow there are 12 individual matches, just one-on-one American versus European. You get one point for winning, half a point for tying. And you, the U.S. needs 14.5 points to win, so they are looking 
very good right now, up eleven to five. That I mean they've dominated so far in the tournament. Hopefully they do not collapse, but it's a huge deal for these golfers. Yeah, real exciting stuff right yeah. there. Yeah, I believe I, I just saw on TV uh, Steph Curry and uh, Michael Jordan. They're both over there, aren't they? Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, yeah, and they're just talking to each other. You know, yeah, two guys, two guys who um, basically grew up in North Carolina. You know, yeah, yeah, both of them <laughs> grew up in North Carolina, so sure did doing their own thing. But uh, I guess it's time to jump to the NBA. Yeah, got, got a little bit of stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, starting. Uh, starting with the little stuff and leaving the last little tidbit, uh, mm-hmm. of course, for last. But first, the NBA G League will now have a Latin American team. Mm-hmm. I did not see this coming. Uh, the Mexico City Capitans. Interesting. Uh, but this year they will be playing their games in the U.S. because of COVID mm-hmm. uh, restrictions. But once that clears up, hopefully in the future, they'll be playing in Mexico City. So That'd NBA trying to expand south of the border now. Expanding that market. Yes. Yeah. Um, in other news, former Hornets coach and also all-time leading scorer in High Point University men's hoops mm-hmm. history, Gene Littles, has passed away at the age of 78. Wow. Uh, so uh, condolences to the family. Mm-hmm. And that's just... I did not expect that, really. I, I didn't really like seventy eight. Like it, it's old, mm-hmm. but it's it's not as old as you would expect nowadays. Right. But right. Uh, mm-hmm. Hornets coach, yeah, did okay. Yeah, did okay. Con- condolences to the family. Yeah, and yeah. Um, moving on a little bit more to uh, moving on to recent stuff. Um, some drama in the Wolves front Ooh, office. Yeah. Lots of drama. The, the Timberwolves fired their basketball uh, operations lead, Gerson Rosas, for creating a quote-unquote toxic culture, inappropriate relationship. So apparently this guy could not keep it in his pants. And uh, they had to fire him. And uh, the, the reaction of Carl Anthony Towns on Twitter was... Three letters. WTF. <laughs> Timberwolves already have it hard enough trying to figure out a way to keep Cat where they are. They're like half a bad season in toxic relationship between office and employer of having everything fall apart on them. Yeah. You, it, it sounds like it was not the greatest work environment. No, uh, and, and they have new ownership right now too. So, yeah, things are not going great for the Wolves. Timberwolves being the Timberwolves and just being a broken mess, really. That's that's the Timberwolves for you. Yeah, not not doing things right, <laughs> or you know, not having the yeah, ha- yeah, just not not the greatest stuff going on with them. Yeah, uh, th- th- there's been a lot of drama. In front offices in this past mm-hmm. in this current off season, yeah, um, one of them relates to uh, Zion Williamson and, and family not being happy with the Pelicans, and they they share a they share a agency with JJ Redick who just retired, oh, okay. uh, and JJ and 
JJ Reddick's agency has a very bad relationship with the Pelicans <laughs> to the point where they will refuse to work with the Pelicans. Oh boy. And so basically, a lot of signs are pointing towards Zion trying to force his way out of the Pelicans Yikes. at some point. Yikes. Which it doesn't seem like he wanted to be there in the first place, but. Yeah. Uh, Man. It, it's a lot of drama I don't really want to get into, so I'm just going <laughs> to. So move past this. Uh, I'd rather talk about more constructive things, um, like a possible trade, like a possible trade, two possible trades, really. Mm-hmm. Um, this past week, two things have come out. First of all, it looks like uh, John Wall and the Rockets have come to a mutual agreement that John Wall will not be playing this season. Mm-hmm. He'll go. He'll take part in camp, but won't play for the team, and will be looking to be traded. Mm-hmm. Um, However, on That's the flip side of that, yeah, it's not surprising, really. Because when he got traded there in the first place, like obviously he's too old to be like a centerpiece for the future yeah. for them. It, it felt like they were just the Rockets were getting him to then try to flip him for younger players. Exactly, later. exactly. On the flip side of that, mm-hmm. this this came from Woj this week. It sure broke. Ben Simmons will not be reporting to Sixers camp, and doesn't want to play another game for them. Them being the Sixers, of course. Yes. So, John Wall is being cooperative at the Rockets. Ben Simmons <laughs> just wants to burn the place down at this point. Yeah. Um, he hasn't really helped himself. No, when he doesn't know how to shoot. Apparently, he pulled out of uh, playing for Australia in the Olympics for basketball because he wanted to improve himself, but then was spotted going on European tour with his girlfriend at the, and people were getting really angry at him for that mm-hmm. he doesn't really have very much cred with people right <laughs> now with the basketball fans yeah. um, my, my, my complaint with him is his utter reluctance and refusal to improve his shot yeah you, you need a shot in the NBA yeah. In a game about putting the ball in the hoop, <laughs> he refuses to put the ball in the hoop. That's not. That's usually not a good thing. Yeah, that usually not a good. That's thing. not how you win. No, it is sure not how you win. So, uh, so obviously, uh, a few weeks ago, I, I forgot if I actually mentioned this on the podcast, but I did definitely mention this you, to you. Yeah, you told. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned that. In my mind, the perfect scenario would be John Wall to the uh, to the Sixers, Sixers, yeah, and Ben Simmons going somewhere else. But this would require a three, four, maybe even five team trade five to make team? this work. I don't think it's a, a five team trade will, will happen, but more likely a three or four team trade. Mm-hmm. There is no way right now the Sixers can handle the salary of John Wall unless John Wall agrees to spread his salary. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, the Sixers have to move some uh, yeah. a player or two. And uh, Ben Simmons just, just isn't going to play anymore for the Sixers, so it doesn't even matter. I mean... John Wall would work on this team. I agree. He provides the ability to go to the bucket. He'll play make for you. He, his shot isn't the best, but it's still better than the zero you're getting from Ben Simmons. Yeah, he's, a tr- he's also... like. A little bit more like a true point guard. Yes. Right? A, a stereotypical true point guard running the offense well You're, with that fr- with yeah. that threat of being able to score himself yes. too. Yeah. And I think he 
fits well with Embiid. He he would fit well with Embiid. I know he's you're you're trading you would be trading a twenty five year old for a thirty one year old. So but it, concern, but the Sixers but, are in win now mode anyway. Yeah, yeah, they're in win now mode anyway. So you have to go all you if you are in win now mode, you cannot go halfway. You have right. to put all your chips in. Anything yeah. less than everything, and you are not doing it service. Yeah. Yeah. Know when to put everything in, mm-hmm. but commit to it when you decide to. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think it would be a good trade for the Sixers. I think it would be a good trade for the Rockets if they can get Ben Simmons because you're flipping a 31-year-old for a 25-year-old. And I know Simmons gets lots of heat, but still. Sixers, I mean, the, the two Rockets. Time NBA all-defensive first team the last two years. Like, that's awesome. That's awesome to pick up. All-NBA third team in 2020. Three-time All-Star the last three years. He's still got room to grow. And, I mean, if you think about it, there are players in the league who can't shoot who've, who've done well. Giannis is not a good shooter. Like, he, he's a better I'm shooter than Simmons. Up again. And, uh, you know, Giannis is so much better at attacking the basket than Simmons. Giannis but, can defend. Giannis has Simmons a shot defend. he is willing to take. But he's what, like a 30% three-point shooter? Like, that's bad. 30% is better than 0%. You miss all the shots you don't take. Yeah, but at some point you need to know that, okay, watch a pass to someone who's more who's better at taking that shot. But then you're shrinking the floor. Sure. You want to make the floor as big as you sure. can on offense. Yeah. Which, a reason why having John Wall would be nice, because you, you spread it. Like, he's not a, like a great three-point shooter, but he's better he than Simmons. He's a threat. He, he can shoot if he needs to. And that, I mean, if Simmons has, I mean, no, if Embiid has space down low, and if Embiid is healthy, which is a humongous if, since he seems like he's always injured. He was injured in these past playoffs, and it clearly affected him. Yes. Uh, I mean, they would have won that. Despite it, they almost Yeah, despite it, they they took the Hawks to seven? It took Ben Simmons being, just not playing basketball, refusing to play basketball for the Sixers to lose. And this was the team I had marked going to the finals. Me too. I think I said the Sixers too. I mean, if if Embiid is not injured, just no one like I cannot sit here and think of. Yeah. Anyways, well, can't talk See, about it. I I don't yeah. think this the Rockets would take Simmons. That that's why mm-hmm. I think it would be a multi-team deal in the in the way that the Rockets would get more assets that would line up with their. Mm-hmm. With their roadmap, and a team probably the Timberwolves mm-hmm. who want who actually want Ben Simmons or, or one of the only teams. I think the other team is the Cavs, though I don't Woo-hoo, think so. Cavs. <laughs> Would what you take him on your team? I mean, who are you giving up for him? Well, I'm not giving up Colin Sexton. I'm not giving up Jared Allen. I'm. Like, I don't know who else, like, people would actually want for Simmons. Like, I can't imagine giving up Darius Garland for Simmons. Like, would someone giving take... up, You would be giving up picks. My guess is that you'd be moving maybe Okoro picks. No, I'm not giving up Okoro for Simmons. You have to give up something. So, I'm not getting Simmons then. Exactly. I'll, I'll give up Garland, maybe. Or, 
Yeah. Because the Rockets have to receive something. Garland, I might be willing to give up. I might be willing to give up, you know, Mobley, but I don't know. Just because we don't know what he's been like, but... Let's. I I want the Cavs to use what they have right now because I think they've got a shot at making the playoffs this year with what they have. You and a bunch of other teams. Yeah. No. The East is going to be those last spots in the East. It's going to be competitive. Yeah. I I have no idea what to think about the NBA right now. I'm going to take it one step at a time. Yeah. First, I'm going to figure out what's going to happen in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to figure out the NBA, and then I'm going to be wrong in both. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way the cookie crumbles, really. Sure. But um, it, it's really going to have to take multiple teams to get Ben Simmons away from Philly. Uh, it's also going to take other teams that are willing to put up with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many teams are willing to put up with him in Except Daryl Morey's pricing yeah, of Ben Simmons, yeah. which he's really inflating way, way too high. Yeah. So, yeah. This is just a saga that's going to keep going on. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess we'll, you know, in future podcasts, we'll keep you updated on, on what happens with this. It's entirely drama. possible that both John Wall and Ben Simmons just sit out the season. I don't know if Simmons Or maybe is sit out the season until near the trade deadline and a team that's really, really trying to make that push will uh, trade what they can for them. I don't mm-hmm. know. It, it, it's just a lot of question marks. A lot of question marks. John Wall is the better piece. Mm-hmm. But Ben Simmons is the younger guy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Ben Simmons is just such a, uh, such a freaking dilemma. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm tired. I don't really want to think about it anymore. <laughs> I, especially after this football game, I don't want to think of mediocrity anymore. <laughs> so uh, I think I'm just going to call it here. We got anything else? Oh, I do have one more thing to add. Yeah. Uh, this is actually related to the UNC. Uh, but apparently Theo Pinson is going to be working out or is working out with the Celtics. Oh, nice. Right now, yes. Nice. So um, I know he was in Chapel Hill for a while. Uh, I'd love to see him. The squad. Yeah. Um. He's a good influence to have around. Yeah, I'm definitely. Uh, very good personality. Yes. But um, with the Celtics. He's a fun player. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. Good. Really um, fun player. I saw Marcus Page signed a new deal with another European team. I don't remember who or where, but he's still playing. Okay. In Europe. Um, Joel Berry already retired. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. If anything happens, we'll be sure to let you all know. But, uh, I think that's all for uh, today's episode. Yeah, I don't don't think I have anything else. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, Tell all your friends about us. Uh, We always want to grow this podcast, reach more listeners, and just have fun with it in general. Yeah. Hopefully basketball season will be a little bit more interesting. But uh, I guess uh, until (laughs) next week, uh, that's all from me. Yeah, that's all from me. Thank you, everyone.